Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast. Conversations with a cause with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur. That's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In each episode, we have a special guest joining Saf in discussion with journalist and broadcaster Adrian Kibler. This week, see Saf and Adrian in conversation with Paul Cadman, Professor of Entrepreneurship at Birmingham City University on the topic of rewards and recognition. Do awards help you promote your business? So let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome to another Canny Conversations business podcast. Um, These are conversations with a cause that we hope will captivate your curiosity Cannily, and um, with, with me, of course, as usual, uh, Safraz Ali. Saf, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Adrian. Good to be here back again. I gather, I gather you've been on, on, a, on out and about and been back home to uh, to Pakistan since we last spoke. I've been back, uh, yes, I've been back to Pakistan, Kashmir, to my to where my parents have come from, and uh, it's a nice experience, as usual. That's lovely. We're doing things a little bit differently this time, Saf, aren't we? We've got... Um, a guest with us, and we're, we're hugely grateful and privileged that um, Professor Paul Cadman has given us his time. And I think you've known Paul for some time, haven't you? I've known Paul for about six, seven years, but it, the, it's not the time, it's the bond and the relationship that we have. It's, uh, you know, just saying a little on the fact that I was just walking in and somebody said, you're Paul's friend. And uh, I says, Paul, Paul Cadman? He says, yeah, of course. And I said, I'm more of a student than, uh, than, than a friend, but he's taken me under his wing, so I'm really proud. The topic we're going to be talking about um, this time, Saf, is uh, awards and, and recognition and how they contribute to our business life. And Paul is somebody who kind of collects awards and gets recognised in the same way that a lot of people collect stamps. Um, <laughs> multiple winners th- recognised for three big accolades last year. So, Paul, you're, you're the man to speak to about this topic. We do have listeners not just... Um, in the UK and locally. Uh, many of you, of course, will, will know Paul, but we also have people in, in, in other parts of the world. So before we get into the topic, Paul, do you just give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, if you would? Yeah, good afternoon. And uh, just want to say an absolute privilege to be here and thank you for the accolade uh, from Saf there. He does me an injustice. We've known each other um, for a period of time, but we have bonded particularly well. I think this community, this business, um, Probably some religious, some yeah. you know, social things that we all agree with. Yeah. Um, and I think me and Saf don't even need to speak, but on the same page yeah. on so many different things. So from a religious perspective, I'm Church of England, uh, and Saf is uh, Muslim. Yeah. But we both come together with community activities, business activities. So for the sake of introductory to myself, I'm getting to the point now when I introduce myself, it takes a bit of time because I think <laughs> I'm at that point in life. <laughs> So what I will normally start off with, because uh, I've been accused of having a privileged upbringing and, you know, with my success around education and my awards is because of my fabulous education and things like that. That's not only true. So I was born in Walsley Green. I'm proud to be a Brummie. I talk about, you know, a son of Birmingham and things like that. I'm proud of that accolade. Love my city and other people and everything else like that. I was born in a back-to-back house in Walsley Green. Uh, there were six of us in a house with a couple of bedrooms, tiny little house, and you look back now, we drive past the house every occasion, and we just go, 
how do we live in that tube box? But that's where I got my education. That's where it started from. Left there, went into working in the markets at a ridiculously young age. Uh, I think now um, you'd probably end up asking or giving evidence in court. It's back to Victorian principles with young people. Um, apparently you can't do that these days. I think it was one of the best things that did uh, me and my social skills particularly good. Did that, went into uh, the College of Food, where I've just been today, learned to be a chef, which was actually the first formal qualifications I ever achieved. I am heavily dyslexic, so left school with no qualifications at all. So when we talk about previous background education, it didn't happen. Went into catering as a chef, worked in restaurants and in a hotel for a while, and then scraped my way into the fire service. Mm. So that's where I started formally. Went into the Bigger Line Group, worked in various different industries and things like that. Where I am today is totally refusing to work with anybody full time. I won't work for anybody full time, but I have a number of consultancy roles, non exec positions. Um, my forte, my drive, and my passion, the thing that gets me out of bed, particularly early in the morning, is charity, giving back to community, mm. making a difference. Yes, I mean, you're, you're well uh, recognised for the work that you do with charities. But I suppose the most famous thing you're famous for is you're from the home of Birmingham City Football Club. I don't know whether that's something you'd be proud of or not. Are you a Blues supporter? You could hear the crowd. That's how close we were. Yeah. So we were like the railway children because we would walk from our house along the, the, the railway lines. Bear in mind, this is people health and safety and things like that, and it seemed to be acceptable in those days. Train drivers would just... You know, sound the horn, we'd stop and wave, and everybody would be quite casual and happy to see each other. And then we used to sneak into the blues. So we were like little feral children sneaking into the blues, far too young that you wouldn't normally not let your children out of your sight, but it was all acceptable those days. So we used to go into the blues and watch some games. So around the Bob Latchford, Trevor Francis, and all of those sort of days, I can actually claim to have been in the stadium. Excellent. That's wonderful. Um Saf, you're, you're no stranger to awards, are you? You Because you're involved in, um, in Paul, you know, Paul, three recognitions last year. I think the most recent was the one in November when I was there and you were chosen at Bromley of the Year, Paul. But as I say, Saf, you're not uh, a stranger to awards, either in terms of, of winning awards and also of judging them. I mean, I've got a list here that says that you're a judge of the Great British Entrepreneur Awards, um, the Local and National Apprenticeship Awards, the Signature Awards, your head judge for the Birmingham Awards. So I think we've got here two people who, what they don't know about awards probably is not worth knowing. So sort of to kick off, gentlemen, let's just talk about the awards that you've both won over the years. And, and you know, both of you, tell us of all the awards that you've won, is there anyone in particular that stands out that you, you value most? Um, I, I'm going to say, Romy of the Year, uh, to be recognised by your peers, to be recognised by the city and things like that, is probably the greatest accolade. There's not going to be many things in my life that would probably trump that. So hugely privileged to receive that. And you always, um, I don't know about staff, but you always get some formula, like imposter syndrome and things like that when you get caught to the stage when you don't expect these, these awards. And I mean, this was nothing to do with a nomination or to a judge or anything like that. This was the judges that came together to decide for me of the year and they, you know, they unanimously agreed me on me, which was hugely privileged. A couple of the other awards I've won. So a couple of things in the fire service, you know, there was a bravery, there was some other stuff and like that. that that's good. 
to to do that. That that, that gives back uh, unturned value, you know, to have done things like that, some sporting achievements and everything else like that. And international recognition for being the most innovative business leader is pretty good. So he carries across different countries and things like that. But I pretty much hang my hat on Rummy of the Year, I think. And we, of course, staff, we, we were in the east side rooms, weren't we, on the Absolutely. Saturday evening? We were, we were, we were sponsors uh, of the Boom Awards, and obviously I'm a judge as well, so I was there first hand, and uh, absolutely fantastic, and well worth, uh, well deserved uh, accolade. So the same question to you, Saf. Um, you know, of the various awards that you've been involved in down the years as a as a winner and also as a, an organiser and a judge, what would be your... The ones that stand out. There's, for you. There's, there's a few as well, but what I would say for myself is that whenever we've won awards for a for a team for the company as a whole, they've been the ones that I would say have had the biggest impact because it's the it's the team thing. So Pathway Group won Brand of the Year six years ago. We've we've won some niche awards in in our sector, so in our industry, the uh, sort of the skills industry, the apprenticeship industry. We've won some awards there. Uh, we've won awards for innovative provider you know uh, most most engaged with businesses so these are the sort of awards that stand out for me because it's the team effort it's recognition for the team and you're you're part of that journey and it really gives a boost to the team um and and, and again it's it's fantastic in terms of on an individual level but also you've got to think you know a lot of organizations a lot of businesses go in there's a whole group of people as well behind it that win an award uh which is uh absolutely well deserved You've talked about teams and you've talked about, you know, if you win an award, then you don't just consider it an award for yourself, but for the team. Uh, both of you, from a practical point of view, what benefit does it do a, an organisation or a business or an individual to win an award? I mean, it presumably makes them feel good at the time, but looking at the bigger picture in terms of showcasing a, a sector or a, a company, just talk me through... Saf and Paul, what, what what are the benefits of winning an award if, apart from feeling good on the night? I think uh, one of the recent awards last year was for Charity of the Year. Acorns won that. And just coming out of a pandemic, the staff having the most torrid, awful time, you know, working in children's hospice is, is a tough gig, let's be honest. But actually through, you know, lockdown, COVID and everything else like that, the, the, the rules and, and the, the mindset and everything else like that, was awful. So to have some recognition as being recognised as charity of the year, and that's for the operational side for that, to share the successes uh, of people who don't normally get recognised, who don't normally put up, you know, there. We, we did well to recognise the NHS, the key workers and things like that. But the children's hospice struggled for money, struggled financially, struggled motivationally. It's led particularly well by a very strong board, Tony Porter, inspirational character, Mark Upton, he's the chair and things like that. That's them. But actually to say thank you to the staff and to have come back and recognise the staff with an award was, was immense. You know, and the morale and what it did for the staff is probably measurable. It'll go on for years. I mean, awards are a way in, in, in some aspects of it for organisations to self-reflect, to, to take, take a step back and, and, and actually evaluate the impact that they have and the work that they do. There are some awards where you know, it's, it is a team effort in terms of actually applying for the award. And in some cases, uh, other people recognise their achievements and nominate. So it depends on the award. It depends on, obviously, the process. But, you know, from a staff morale perspective, it's, uh, you know, it's you know it just takes you to a different level in terms of recognition. And it's somebody externally saying that, you know, you're doing a damn good job. 
I think for the charity, so the, the like Acorns, the brand recognition in these events. So we rely on people donating. Two thirds of our money needs to come from the, the, the charitable causes of the public. So anything we can do to raise our profile and raising a profile, we'll probably come on to that point. It's good for us individually and fantastic for an organisation, for a charity. Again, I've made that comment, but it's probably immeasurable. Yeah, from a branding perspective, if you say you're an award winner or you've been recognised, it just the profile is it just takes you to, to, to a different level. Uh, and I think for most organisations, it's about being memorable, being in, you know, being visible. And it's, it's being visible, but at the end of the day, it's also the credibility that the award gives you. Visibility plus credibility is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, Paul, you mentioned uh, the Acorns charity, a mm-hmm. uh, wonderful charity, if any of our listeners don't know, a charity that cares for children with life-limiting conditions and supports their families, so wonderful work. But in terms of helping Acorns to, to do the, the big job in of raising money, because these charities are largely dependent, I think I'm right, Paul, on, on charitable donations and maybe a bit of money from the government, but winning an award, uh, you know, presumably can't do any harm in terms of encouraging people to, to make a donation and to support them. So it all drives the profile. So what we tried to do uh, probably three, four years ago, was a, there was a strategy around raising the profile of Acorns. Although they were on a premiership football club shirt, they gained nothing from that apart from profile. So the, the, the revenue income for that is next to nothing. We need just under £11 million a year to survive. A third of that is only contributions from the government, so two-thirds, they're about we need to raise. Mm. And it, we, we rely on the public so much. So the profile raising, you know, putting that flag up there and look at us. There's some wonderful charities. I think it's fifteen or 1,600 registered charities within the country. All of them have got a great cause. All of them have got a great story and everything else like that. But we deal with terminally ill children, life-limiting causes and things like that. So I think we're particularly special, and we are a Midlands-based charity. So we went off a few years ago to raise the profile to do that, and I personally took that challenge on. And it was every which way I could, from charitable causes to raising profile, from doing the right things for the right reasons, to writing thought pieces, to interviewing stuff, just to get that message out there. like to claim that we've done particularly well with raising the profile over the last four years. And Safra, with Pathway and the businesses that you run and you're involved with. When you win an award, I mean, we've talked about the benefit it brings in terms of motivating staff, making them feel valued and all the rest of it. Do you think that you've actually won work, won contracts on the back of the fact that you're award winners? Yeah, I mean, most of our work is won through tenders and proposals um, and, you know, particularly in terms of opportunities and, and going and getting out there. You know, it's one of the ways to differentiate yourself. And you're always looking for that competitive advantage. So, you know, the way we look at awards, we also look at benchmarks or investors in people, ISO. These are sort of quality standards. There are other ways to actually differentiate yourself. Uh, but awards are, I think, special because it's an element of recognition. And it's a way that you can actually promote yourself continuously. But it is, as I said, it's, it's, it's a team effort. It's a combination of a strategy. I think it's not just the one thing. It's a combination of a number of things that you've got to look at. But it is about sort of differentiation. It is about standing out. It's it's the visibility and the credibility combined. And, you know, you've got to look at all these different avenues to do so. Let's just turn it slightly on its head. Pathway has been involved in sponsoring a, a number of awards. Why do you do that and what do you get from it? In terms of our 
Most of our awards that we, we're involved with are community-based awards. So, you know, we, when we sponsor, we're not sponsoring national awards, we're sponsoring awards predominantly in the greater Birmingham area. So anything to do with entrepreneurship, that's, you know, that's something that we, we encourage because we work with SME businesses. Uh, so we want to encourage the SME sector, the startups, uh, the entrepreneurs, the, the businesses that are growing and scaling. But we're also supporting anything to do with young people's sports. So you know, we sponsor those, but there's no award, but we'd be part of uh, aligning ourselves to, to those. So from a sponsorship perspective, entrepreneurship or young people giving back, that's the area that we, we look at. But as a, at the same time, we also organize events ourselves as well. So we run events that have a purpose, that have a cause. So one of our events is, started off as Asian French Awards, now rebranded as Bayman French Awards. Uh, Paul was a judge uh, for, for a few years and it is an ambassador now for, for our organization. And that particular award was there to raise the profile of apprenticeships within the British Asian community because there was a lack of young people going into that sector. So we do events that have a purpose, have a cause, and we sponsor events that are in the entrepreneurship field locally or anything to do with young people. That's our sort of, that's maybe what we look for. As a, as a multiple award winner, Paul, what do you do with them? Do you stick them in a, a cupboard or do you put them on the mantelpiece? Or I mean, do you keep them there? I, I think this is a serious point. Do you, do you keep them there, you know, to remind you on those sort of days when you're feeling a bit down about what you've achieved? Or I mean, what? what, what? <laughs> I, I've, I've got a few trophies and things like that and some of them are on display, some of them are, are kind of tucked away a little bit. So my study... There's a number of them that are out there that are on display and things like that. You don't buy a trophy cabinet. That's just too far, isn't it? That's ridiculous and things like that. And after a few years, you're still talking about it and people are saying, come on, move on now. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. I have slept with a couple of them where I've got, <laughs> where I've got home late at night, celebrating, had a few drinks, woke up the next morning and going, blimey, what's this in bed? <laughs> something wet and uh, something hard and all something like that. I don't know, that kind of thing. You pick it up and it's cold and you think, you know, I thought it was something else. But it's a, a cold metal trophy and things like that. So I woke up with a couple when I've got home celebrating and things like that. Yeah. But that in my, uh, my study. So if next time you're on a Zoom, say, Turn around, show me, show me. Uh, show me the shelves where everything is. I mean, how, what, what's the oldest one that you've got? I mean, what, what, when, did you, when did you win your first award? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I don't, I don't mean sort of two metres backstroke at primary school. Well, I, mean, uh, I was just going to come back to you with that. The cycling proficiency and things like that is normally the, uh, the, the runaway comments. If you look, so there's one or two things that I do. So bear with me, let, let me just ramble for a minute. If you look at my CV, I am absolutely convinced that people don't read TV, so I'm always the one that drops a few comments in my CV. And at the bottom of it, it says awards or it says achievements and things like that. And if you look at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see all the way down the bottom, crabbing champion, Barmouth champion, and I think it's 1972 or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. So totally fabricated, totally made up. And I, I just put it in there just to challenge people as to whether they've really read it or not. I mean, I, I was um, rugby, you know, martial artist, British champion. I've done a number of things, played at rugby at a very good level. So there are lots of different trophies and different things like that. Um, so I don't know. At school, you know, there was a number of different things, fighting and things like that and that sort of stuff. Because we hear these stories, don't we, and they're quite sad stories about, you know, members of the England 
football team in 1966 that won the World Cup, you know, selling their, their, their trophies and all the rest of it. And that, that seems to me very sad because, you know, you only win the World Cup once and, and it's, you know, your medal is a, is a reminder that you've done that. It's it, it breaks your heart and when you listen to veterans selling the medals and things like that because, they, you know, they, they, they can't hit the houses or they can't do that and then people have sold, you know, boxers, belts and boots and medals and things like that. It's awful. You know, that's a really bad thing within our society and stuff like that. I'd like to add, the only thing that I can do is weigh in for scrap. I don't think anybody's <laughs> interested in buying some of the awards that I've won. Not just yet, but you never know. Well, I, I'm sure that people that win awards like you are proud of them, and so they should be. Saf, let's talk now a little bit from the other side of the coin in terms of organising an awards event. You know, you, you, you and your business have been involved in organising numerous events across the year. Just give us an idea of what you think the ingredients are of a, of a good awards event in terms of, you know, the number of awards, in terms of the, the length of time, you know, because, you know, some of them are very good and some of them you sort of, you kind of almost feel that you want to put the, the post around the neck that says, you know, do not resuscitate because they go on for ever and ever. So... Uh, and, and after you've spoken, so perhaps Paul can do the same thing. Uh, a good awards event. How many of how many awards would you normally expect? You know, what sort of time would you expect it to to last? How important is the are the, are the other things like the entertainment and that? So again, we we we, we run a number of awards. So you know, the Bain Prince Awards that I've mentioned. We organise the Business Book Awards. Uh, the, these are the sort of two areas, the two main sort of awards that we run. We also do exhibitions, uh, and we have had plans and uh, we've put them on the shelf at the moment to run um, the Adoption Foster Care Awards. So we, we trademarked that name and, and that's been put on hold. And we had plans to run the Entrepreneur Award Awards as well. And, and again, we've put them on hold. So two big awards we do uh, on, a, on a yearly basis. Uh, and then what we do uh, is work in partnership with others where we provide some of the back office or the back support in terms of, in terms of those. I've also gained experience with, as a judge as well, so I can see it from that side. Uh, for me, first thing is, is the program credible? Is the team behind it credible? And so, and so you look at you know, who the judging team is. For me, that's the first thing. You know, who are the judges? Are they recognised? Do they have credibility? Do they have experience? What value do they bring in? Um, and then you know, who's supporting the awards? So the sponsors, the associate partners, and what are the awards? You know, are they in a particular niche? Are they in the particular region? And the team behind it, I think that's the, the key for me. It's not always about winning or you know, being a finalist or being shortlisted. And from my perspective, that's the first thing that I look at in terms of who are the finalists, who are the people that have been shortlisted, because that tells you the ca- the calibre and the, to the people who've been, you know, put themselves forward or who've been nominated. So in terms of the awards we run, they're predominantly evening black tie, black tie events. You know, you've got a dinner, you've got entertainment, you've got the awards program, you've got your networking. It's a combination of award, the awards program, but also networking and an opportunity for people to be entertained. It's an evening out, but it's a combination of those things. People uh, have had a viewpoint previously that awards are all about making money. Uh, so when you look at the uh, event organizers, they start, you know, I've seen people in, in a, on a table start thinking they must have made X, Y, Z money, and you know they they do really well, but there are costs obviously behind it. There's a lot of you know infrastructure behind it, and a lot of work that goes into this. And really, it's about 
the whole project management of, of it. So, you know, there's a lot of variables there. The last couple of years, we've had to do awards online, completely online. That's worked, but, you know, you miss the, the, the face-to-face networking. You miss some of that entertainment. It's not going to be the same. So the awards are there, but it's a combination of things. I think it's the combination of ingredients I would, I would suggest. What makes a good night for you, Paul, if you put an award? I think uh, th- there is a balance of recognition because if somebody's won an award, they need to have their moments of fame and you need to give them that credit because of what they've done. Um, I think there's a mix between entertainment and things like that. An awards night is around awards and, and presenting awards, but it can't be. In, and we've all been to awards where we've had two hours, three hours yeah. of a file, four or five hour night is awards, one person after the other after the other. And it's, you know, it's whatever, you know, it's the breakfast of the day award and it's all the way up to whatever. You know, they, they, they seem to pull these awards out of the sky. We ran the uh, Innovation Awards last year. A good award for me is when the, the person speaking to present the awards is talking to a room where they pay attention, they're listening, and you have the absolute respect and attention of the audience. So we ran it in, in the auditorium at any point. We literally took everybody out of the environment, sat in there. So the only thing they could do was to look at a screen. If we didn't do that, we might have had a room where everybody was talking to themselves. So it's a mixture of entertainment. It's a mixture of understanding, recognising the environment of what they're doing. So don't present a community award, but take you to you know some spectacular place like the ICC. Present it in the community. Present it in you know, a reasonable circumstances. And make sure the right people are in the room as well. If it's community awards, have people from the community, they have the right people representing the awards. And the other thing, of course, gentlemen, is that it's a night out, isn't it? It gives companies an opportunity to take their people to an event um, so they can dress up in a posh frock or whatever and have a have a good night. And and I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? It, it, it's good to be able to say thank you by taking your staff or your your contacts to, to a good good event. Um, uh, how, how important is that, you know, just the company that you're in? It's a golden opportunity to network, isn't it? You do have the same people winning the awards at the same events, and uh, then there's a syndrome of that with the same people in the room. So you have to be mindful of that. So we, we, we're both in a space where we're outside of that, where we're looking at new people winning awards, people coming through. I don't want to see, I would never want to see a repeat of somebody who won the award the year before and things like that. You'd almost theoretically want to bar them from re-entering or just, you know, that for whatever reason to, to stop that from happening. I think it's the recognition, the networking and the opportunity of being with your peers and sharing the success of the city, the environment and the people. I mean, we do the, I mean, as I said, uh, a number of times now, the main friendship awards, and, and that's a family thing. So you've got young people... You've got parents coming in, but for them, it's a family thing. It's recognizing their son, daughter, their achievements. And sometimes the parents don't know what their sons or so daughters do, what their work is. They meet their colleagues there. They meet, you know, the, the rest of the team there. And that buzz, that environment, you're not going to get that. There are on the other side uh, awards where it is the same people. It is very similar in terms of, you know, names of the awards. And there is an element of repetition. And it's like with a TV program, you know, you've got, Programs that captivate, that really you know energize you. You feel like you want to let, want, go to the next one, and then there's you know that drag on and really draining the energy. You know the the, the energy isn't there. So you, you have all sorts. It really is about the team, the people behind it, 
who's involved and you know, how special it is. And, and, and uh, as I said, we dropped a couple of awards programs where we had the idea. I think the idea, ideas are good, but it's about putting it through. And if we can't do it to the level that we want to do it to the quality and the impact, then we'll just leave it until you know, we feel the time is right. We've all seen some of the awards where things perhaps haven't gone quite as the organisers would like. There was the Oscars on that one occasion, wasn't, wasn't the win, the wrong person was given the Oscar. And then there was the, the beauty parade where the, the wrong person was had the crown on the head. Have either of you got any funny stories, anything you've seen at awards that have perhaps made you have a laugh? I've gone to an award. I was invited to an award and it was the uh, club in London. It was a very prestigious hotel in London. And it was a European award, and it was a free bar. It was free food. It was everything else like that. I sat there in my tuxedo, having no chance at all to win this. It was never going to happen, or anything else like that. JCB were in there, Jaguar were in there, and that, like sort of almost like global brands. And me, you know, for some reason, I, I, I've been included and things like that. And you think, oh, let's include the working class lad or something like that. I don't know why. So we sat there, and I took full advantage of the hospitality. Full, full advantage. <laughs> and my award was towards the end of the night. And um, everybody was rehearsed, very professional. Speeches and everything else like that. Almost like speech writers done it. I won the award towards the end of the night when uh, it was a bit of a struggle to find my way to the stage. Went onto the stage and then to be handed a microphone to say a speech that I had just went. Never even thought about it. So that was quite funny. And that was back on me. And it reminded me of the days when you used to have the old beauty queens when they used to donate it to the parents, dolphins, and everything else around the world. I think my speech was something similar. L- lesson learned that day. Lesson learned. I think the two nightmares for anybody in terms of organising the award or, or being yeah. in the crowd is one where, the, where the, the, the winner goes on and on in terms of the thank you speech and you can't get them off because that's their moment. <laughs> and, you know, you're thinking hopefully 30 minutes, 30 seconds, a minute, but, you know, it goes on for about four, five, six minutes and even longer, but it feels longer. Or when the individual doesn't realise they've been called or they're not there in the room, they've gone to the toilet. <laughs> so if I come back to the Phoenix Awards, yeah. The Phoenix Awards, it was uh, Jimmy Shabir uh, were running out with a number of people and it was going on and it was quite late. It was like 10 half 10. I excused myself, said goodbye to everybody and everything else like that. Got in my car, drove home, was was in bed, uh, fell on the shore. Funny story, and you can find it on social media. It was ringing me and I'm there and I'm like, what's it ringing for this time? And I ignored it and then there was a FaceTime was coming through and I'm like, obviously there's something wrong, something's happened. There's been been a disaster somewhere and I'm the only person that could be spoken to. to." So I answered that, lying in bed, and I'm like, you're right, and all I could hear Phil going very loud is, I've got him on the phone, he's on the phone. So he's put me uh, into a large screen with everybody in the room there and what they wanted to do was sing Happy Birthday. So I'm lying there, and people don't realise that I'm covered in tattoos and stuff like that. So people are there looking at me, absolutely amazed what I look like. And I'm there going, we're a room full of three, four hundred people saying, thank you very much, and everybody's singing happy birthday to me. It's not quite an award, but a particularly funny moment. Right, but the final question is, um, everybody wants to know this, Paul and Saf. Do the winners really not know if they've won or... When you win an award, do you know in advance? Do you tell your winners in advance, Seth? Not at all. Not at all. No, never. Never do that. So the awards that I've been involved in and the awards, some of the awards that I've won, I've been absolutely amazed that I've won. And I've seen people genuinely in a room that have won awards 
completely gobsmacked that they can't, they come up to speak, they can't speak. They had no idea to that. So I'd never do that. The only time I've ever encouraged somebody to attend an awards is when somebody hasn't got money to buy a ticket, they've won an award or something like that. Then somehow there's a, a, a ticket finds their way because they do need to be in a room. So I've interfered that way, but that's probably the only thing. I think the I've integrity done. of the awards, the integrity of the judges, Absolutely. you know, it just goes yeah. on. If somebody knows beforehand and it goes out, then people think it's a fix. People make allegations very easily these days, yeah. and uh, and people all automatically assume, oh, awards are all fixed. And you can see it. I, you know, I've been to uh, many awards programs and in the bar, just uh, sitting there and say, oh, you know, we know who's going to win. We know it's going to be this. We know it's going to be that. It's usually, we know it's going to be poor. <laughs> we know it's going to be this or whatever. <laughs> but but I, I judge for you, Saf, and yeah. I know that the scrutiny is in the room, that, the, the, you know, the questions, yeah. nobody knows who's won collectively. You don't all sit in a room and, and come to a final conclusion. It's all pulled together. It's all scored. Somebody goes off, somebody pulls it together, and he comes back and things like that. So it's totally, totally yeah. transparent, clear, and obvious. We could go on for ever. Can I, I know you're going to close up there, but before, before you do that, can I just ask Paul, because he did a, a very a memorable shot with uh, Ben Francis, uh, just a couple of weeks back, where we both were judges for the Birmingham Awards in 2017. I just want Paul to tell us that story, if he doesn't mind. I mean, I know you were going to wrap up there, but I thought, you know what? This no, 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 we, 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 we love a nice story to opportunity for me. So it was a Prosperity Wells uh, event that they put together, and it was our behalf of the Children's Hospital, the, the charity there, which is a fabulous charity that we all hold dearly to our hearts. They do an incredible job. And Ben has become a patron of theirs, and we were both judges, and, and the paperwork and Ben and everything came in front of us. And I remember saying, look, reading, looking, thinking, this lad could do well. I think he might do well in the future. He'd he, he got some successes, but nowhere near as to where he was. Yeah. Very young, very fragile, very naive, very nervous guy that was in front of us. But actually, there was some spark there that you could see. So I had um, the opportunity of asking him a question or more of a point. And I said, I remember being, you know, a judge and everything else like that. And he was on stage, you know, I remember that particularly well. You know, and he, and he sat there and he smiled. He said, yeah, I was nervous. I said, yeah, he was, but we recognised there was a spark. What a journey. And he, and he, but he said, yeah, that was a bit of a pivoting point. I don't know whether he said that because I was in a crowd and because of the size of me or anything like that. Actually, he meant that. He said it was a bit of a pivoting point. Spoke to him afterwards and he said, never got in for an award before that, but actually it's critical to get awards recognition. And he talked about his journey, what it made and what it meant to the people that were around him and things like that. And he took it home to his mom and said, mom, listen, look at this. Things are happening positively. And that was one point that I took away from that night. That's a lovely story to finish on and and a great example of of how awards can really make a, a difference to people and perhaps give them the bit of encouragement that, that they want. Paul, thank you very much for giving us your time. Saf, pleasure is always ours. Um, but it is unfortunately time for us to bring our canny conversation with a cause to a close. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you do, then we hope you'll let us have some feedback. We hope that you'll like, and uh, it would be lovely if you decided to subscribe. So until the next time, bye-bye. <laughs>Thanks for listening to this canny conversation with the cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safras Ali, available on Amazon. 
To find out more, go online and visit SAF's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk. Canny Conversations with the Cause are produced by Pathway Group, who have a mission to change lives through skills and work. And they do this through upskilling and reskilling individuals by getting them firstly into sustainable employment and tackling the talent and skills issues commonly faced by businesses. In addition to their core skills and employability business, Pathway Group also actively promote diversity, equality and inclusion and have initiated causes such as the BAME Apprentice Network, the BAME Apprenticeship Awards and the Festival of Apprenticeships.